1: that's 800 403 5912.
2: You guys, it's Rick Tittle.
3: All right. thank you for that, and welcome to another live edition of Fiddling Sports with me, your humble host, Rick Fiddle, coming to you from my, well, my house on the east side of San Francisco Bay, Dominic on the other side of the bay in our studios, there's this pandemic thing going around, so we're doing a little social distancing, you might have heard of it, but it doesn't stop the sports talk steamroller from plowing along the juggernaut from chopping through... Rough waves of sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, quidditch, rollerball, chess, checkers. It doesn't matter. Rugby, cricket. We're here for you. <clears throat> Aussie rules, drone racing. Throw it in. Irish curling, maybe not so much. Irish league football, maybe not so much. But everything else, we're here for you. What you Toll free line, 1-800-878-PLAY. Another NFL weekend in the books outside of a game tonight. Need to talk to that. Sip through it. College football. Pac-12 still has to get started. (laughs) That'll be next weekend. Ray Scott got his 9 a.m. kickoffs. It's going to be USC and Arizona State. That's right, 9 a.m. kickoffs. That's what he wanted all along. So the East Coast would give him some votes. So uh, qualifying offers in MLB, who got one, who didn't get one. Some surprising ones. Uh, normally, people don't get these offers. The Giants threw one out to Kevin Gosman. It's very interesting. The ace, not surprisingly, did not give one to Simeon or Hendricks. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk to Chini Ogubike, one of the great college WNBA stars on the other side. So Stephen Taylor from McCore will be along, talking about some game-worn jerseys from Paris Saint-Germain. That's right, Killian Mbappe and others. And Bill Lester, NASCAR pioneer. Some say the Jackie Robinson of NASCAR. He has written an autobiography called Winning in Reverse, and we'll talk to him about that. But your call is 1-800-878-PLAY. A big shout-out to our troops listening on America. Come all back.
4: Charlie's management team is currently a team of one. Yeah, I got, I got a meeting, but uh, you keep up the good work. Can you fix that display for me? Did Steve show up today? It's time to hire. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. The moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a shortlist of quality candidates from our resume database. Indeed delivers two and a half times more hires than the other branded job sites combined, according to Breezy HR 2019. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get a $75 credit for your first job post. Terms and conditions apply.
5: Go to brightsidetaxrelief.com
6: now.
3: All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show Chini Ogumike, one of the, uh, statistically, the greatest Pac-12 basketball player of all time, number one overall pick, in the WNBA, still playing, going strong for the Los Angeles Sparks. And of course, you see her on ESPN commenting on WNBA and NBA games as well. But she's here to talk about uh, her relationship with Crown Royal and uh, decode it which is uh, interesting thing Cheney it's encouraging peer-to-peer conversations uh, in these election times what what does this all mean uh, Cheney what's going on here
8: well you know first of all thank you so much for having me Rick um, this is a time where I think a lot of young people especially athletes I'm seeing this in my community and I think it's just an ex- expression for the greater communities of young people that are just trying to collaborate and make sure their voices are heard. So, you know, with Crown Royal, um, particularly their Regal Apple, and then also with a couple of my friends who are also pushing these same messages, uh, the producer DJ Kittens and also, and also by the name of Frederick Joseph, we're, we're using our platform to sort of push out positive messages and basically decode the language that sort of can confuse some people when it comes to voting, whether it's mail-in ballots, spoiled vote. So basically, it's using, you know, the intersection of courts and society to push out positive messages that show that, you know, this next generation, this rising generation should participate, should engage and uh, should really just care about what's happening um, in the real world right now.
3: Yeah. And, uh, you know, tomorrow is a big day because, you know, I'm in my 50s and I have never seen a country more separate and, and, and two different uh voter bases just at each other's throats it's it's kind of scary in a way and i hope i hope whatever happens that we can all get back to being americans again this is very poignant election though isn't it
8: yeah it absolutely is and i think you know the blessing in disguise here is that the last few months where we've all been at home right recovering recharging recalibrating we've had time to you know look to our neighbors and just really try to push for a society that helps all of us, not just stay in our little tunnel vision. And so I think, you know, especially through this Decoded campaign, it's been about um, the last few months, me personally, my journey has been educating myself so that I can educate others. You know, that's what, you know, you know what it's like. We have the mic and we're fortunate to have the mic and to be able to have our voice be out there. But we also know that it's not just the privilege, it's also a responsibility um, for us to help, you know, push these things in a, towards, a, you know, a better place. So, You know, that's one thing that I love about sports and coming from a background of sports. It's that we are used to having these conversations where, okay, we could be on two different sides of the room, but guess what? I care about you. I care about you because I know it takes you and me working together for us to win. And so I think that's what I'm really excited about, seeing how many people care about not only themselves, but also helping out their neighbors. You know, I grew up in Houston, Texas, and so... You know, I I was usually like the lone person that looked like me in a lot of rooms, but that didn't stop me from having conversations that actually healed and made things better. And I think that's what this whole campaign is all about, just being able to help one another, educate one another, empower one another. And I think only good things can come from that, even though I know it does feel a little, you know, it's Monday, it's the Monday before, so a lot of us are nervous. But I think we're seeing a lot of good things that people are caring and helping and and taking care of their own communities. And so hopefully, you know, good things will come
3: from it. Well, I I like the fact that you're, the positive attitude. It's great. One thing that I really admire about you, and uh, we remember when you were down on the farm and majoring in international relations, is that when you left the WNBA to go to Familia Skio for a couple seasons, and then to try China before coming back last year to L.A. And this wasn't something where you're, you know, 36 and trying to get one last check you were in your prime and and I think you wanted to get that international flavor Is that what it was?
8: First of all, way to do your homework. Not many people know where I've played overseas. Um, You know, honestly, that's the grind of a women's basketball player. A lot of people see us when we play in the WNBA but don't know that when the WNBA ends in October, from October to May, before it starts up again, we're overseas and playing. And so I was on that grind, ball is life, for 24-7, like most um, women's basketball players are. And it's awesome. You get to see the world. But I do think we've created a system now with a new CBA in the WNBA that maybe some women feel comfortable just staying at home because we finally have the incentive for them to stay. We have benefits. Um, we have increased compensation and salary. And so now I'm really fortunate to be able to, you know, play in the WNBA. And I also have another job that I absolutely love with ESPN, Sinead Golick Jr., our radio show. So, I mean, I'm one of the lucky ones that has been able to find something that I love. And I think a lot of WNBA players have those same passions. And whether it's playing basketball 24-7 or it's doing something else like that, like even, you know, social justice and advocacy, um, I think people are starting to see the WNBA for what it truly is, and it's a league full of remarkable women that are also amazing at what they do. Like only 144 women get to play in the WNBA. It's one of the most competitive jobs, and we are the best at what we do. And so I think the tide is turning finally where people are starting to see us. You know, we're no longer hidden in plain sight, and now you're seeing us for what we really are, and we're trying to be leaders in our communities as well.
9: And
3: how cool was it every day to wake up, in Skio, a, a city that's basically a 1,000 years old, and the, the ties to, to Venice. I mean, it goes way—every every time you walked around a corner, you saw something cool, didn't you?
8: Honestly, that was probably one of my favorite places to ever be. You know, my family's from Nigeria, so naturally going back home to Nigeria and Africa, Kenya, Rwanda, all those other places have been great. I love China. Uh, I played in, the, in Luoyong, in the Hunan province. Like, I just love different experiences— Um, but in Italy, that was probably one of my dreams. Like my, my room was on the top floor and I had a huge balcony and you can oversee the Italian countryside. So when a lot of people say like, you know, it's tough for us because we're playing 24 seven, we do also get those experiences. You have what they call villages out there, super excited to have women's basketball in their, in their community, you know, just because it sort of works well for smaller villages, village areas. So one of like, I close my eyes and I see that Italian countryside, and I had great experiences there. But I am glad to be home. I'm glad to be home, too, and working here, too. So I just feel very blessed Seeing so many different things.
3: Well, plus the fact that now with the Dodgers and the, and the Lakers, uh, it's your guys' turn to bring it home, right?
8: You already know. I mean, technically we did it first, right? We won back in 2016, I believe. That's when I wasn't on the team, but my sister was there. But um, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been an interesting year, especially being in Los Angeles with the way that the virus has affected this city. You know, we've been in a hot spot for a while. And then on top of it, you have the the fires, right, that have ravaged the West. And then now, you know, you we, earlier in the year, you know, um, with Kobe Bryant, and even when it comes, to, you know, in, in basketball, even when it comes to Hollywood, Chadwick Bozeman, this has just been a tough year for the city. So for the Lakers to deliver and the Dodgers to deliver within two weeks, I feel like it was cathartic. It was a, it was a really spiritual experience. A lot of the fans just, it felt good in their soul to have something, you know, have players playing for a purpose that was greater than what we all, you know, intended. You know, just starting starting up our seasons normally in 2020, which this year I think was beyond everyone's intention, but to be a part of a city where, you know, fireworks are going off illegally, but (laughs) it it was a sight to see.
3: Very cool. So finally, Crown Royal uh, Regal Apples continued mission to give back to the culture by unpacking the meaning of key terms and language used in the election and voting conversation. Decode it. How can people find out more online, Shanae?
8: Yeah, you can go to our social medias. That's where you've seen the messages that myself, C J. Kittens, and um, you know all of the other ambassadors have really done. And on social media, I think we're just trying to push out positive messages about the importance of voting and why everyone should be engaged. And um, you can also go to Crown Royal's um, page as well um, so that you can see. I mean, it's fun. It's cool. Like, it's no longer. That's one thing. Like, a lot of times when we think of these things, it's like you think of textbook voting, government, like stuff that you probably remembered when you're in school. Now, the messaging and the purpose and the intent, like, it's cool because all these collaborations, as I mentioned, between myself, DJ Kittens and Frederick Joseph, they're all stemming through creative, through pop culture, through culture. And so we're putting out our messages in our own ways, which makes it a little bit more authentic to us, which hopefully means it'll resonate as well with everyone else. So we're doing it for our generation. Your girl is not on TikTok, though. So you can check it out on Instagram (laughs) or anywhere, you know.
3: You may be in her 20s, but she's not on TikTok. You can see her on ESPN. You can see her on the court. Shanae, (laughs) (laughs) Shanae Okwumike. We appreciate the time. Thanks for all that you're doing, and um, congratulations on the the career. You keep it going strong. Let's talk down the line. Truly
8: really appreciate it. Right
3: back at you. All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle, and the lines are open. 1-800-878-PLAY. Come on back on by.
1: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906, 800-338-6906, that's 800-338-6906, paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
4: I'm not insightful enough to be a movie critic. Maybe I could be a food critic. These muffins taste bad. Or an art critic. That painting is bad.
10: so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: Oh, so intoxicating. Welcome back to the show. Nice to have you with us. Stephen Taylor of Accor. Jacor, Je l'ai pas They will. He will join us and talk about some jerseys uh, they call second hand in America. We call them game-worn jerseys of High Saint-Germain. You always got to make sure, like, if you speak just a teeny bit of a language and then people think that uh, you speak the language, and it's kind of a uh-oh moment. <laughs> Not so much uh-oh, but um, the other day I was getting a uh, utero place in Berkeley, and uh, it was a very quiet day there's just this one girl in there and we're wearing our masks and i'm just sitting there and she goes slow day huh And i go yeah she goes yes it is very slow and i said uh where are you from she goes i'm from algeria And i said oh paulet before she goes oh may we oui. i was like "Ah, never mind but anyway um <laughs> <laughs> we are here for you <coughs> talk some sports so get it on in and get heard 1-800-878-PLAY how did your uh, nfl team do this weekend you know before the game uh the raider game i should say just say the game you know it's weird my friend who lives in orange county texted me and he's like are you getting the raider game and i'm like what do you mean yeah it's on fox he goes oh i'm watching i have to watch it on my computer And I realized, oh, yeah, (laughs) Uh, it's not an automatic anymore. It has been so far. Every Raider game has been on TV, but I'm not in the Raiders market. And it makes sense for ratings to put the Raiders on in the Bay Area at all possible times, just as it is in Los Angeles still to this day. But uh, that's not a given anymore. There is a chance that I won't get to see him on TV. (laughs) So fun when your team moves to a different state. But anyway, before the game, hearing, oh, Trent Brown's out again. I'm like, now what with this guy? You know, he's a mountain of a man, 380 pounds, the most expensive right tackle in NFL history. A guy who apparently told the mother of his child, if you take my son away... Uh, and move, I will put a gun to your head and blow your brains out. That was nice. Very interesting, to say the least, to the law enforcement people. But of course, he had the COVID-19, and so he's back. No, now he's out. Well, I owe him a little bit of an apology, because all I could think of is, God, this guy, what a tin man, which is not really fair. But then we found out there's another case of malpractice from a training staff. Earlier this year, you might remember in what used to be San Diego, with the Chargers, that Tyrod Taylor, the starting quarterback, was getting a shot, and they put the needle in too far and punctured his lung. Yikes. I always wonder when doctors put needles in, you know, unless it's some sort of, like, rabies needle or amniostentesis or something like that, where 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 is that needle going? You know, you call before you dig. Can you... <laughs> Can you just look at uh, how far this needle is going to go? And I bring it up because he had a problem with an IV. And there was air that got into the IV and it entered his bloodstream, which <clears throat> is an easy way to die. It's pretty morbid. If you just shoot air into somebody's bloodstream, it'll go right to your heart and kill you. And so he had to go to the hospital and apparently he's still at the hospital. So remember, less than two weeks ago, he tested positive for the coronavirus, and he came back and had that. John Gruden said after the game, quote, we're just going to say that he got ill here in the locker room, and he's being evaluated right now. We'll update you as soon as we know something. I'm told everything is okay. We were expecting Trent to play today. He had a great practice on Friday. Derek Carr was asked about it. Derek Carr is always a guy who's um, a team guy fired up. He said, All of a sudden, we come in and they're wheeling him out. And I'm like, Bro, what is going on? It was crazy. And so we prayed. As a team, we prayed for him. We made sure he was okay. His family, because I'm sure they were scared to death. We could ride a pretty good book in just my seven years here there's been some crazy stuff that has happened and today was another one of those things I quote so sam young who looks more like a barista uh, he's been in the league for a long time but he filled in and then he got hurt and so then they put in brandon parker a guy who since john gruden drafted him in the third round a couple years ago has done nothing but stink but parker to his credit had a pretty good game Because the Raiders rushed for 208 yards on 45 carries. The Raiders, in that game at Cleveland, which they won, got 128 yards from Josh Jacobs. And right now, the Raiders are at 4-3. And I did not do well with my Ricks picks. I got a lot of them wrong. And this was one of them. Not only did I get it wrong, I said that the I'll give credit to Charlie who in New York who called this right. He said that it was going to be a victory. I said the Raiders were going to get blown out. In fact, I verbatim said, my prediction, 40-17. to 17. Now, <clears throat> if you had told me what the weather conditions were going to be, I still would have predicted a Cleveland victory, but I would not have predicted uh, such a high score. I did not know it was going to be not just raining, but a sleet monsoon. And this is why, if you want to live on the East Coast and all the good things about the East Coast, to me, the best thing about the East Coast is you're much closer to Europe. You're about six hours closer. <laughs> but other than that, you know, I've talked to people who were born in Philly and New York, and I'm like, so when you, on an NFL Sunday, the first game is after lunch? And he's like, yeah, you got to wait all morning. I'm like, ah, oh, that sucks west coast you wake up hungover you have a bowl of cereal whatever you uh throw on some sweats and that morning game's at 10 and then the next game's at one and then you got dinner and you have your whole night free But the other thing about the east coast is that you will freeze your behind off or if you're in the great lakes area and i remember the one time i went to cleveland 1986 and I looked out at Lake Erie, and it's something that I've never seen before outside of from the, the view of an airplane, and that is polar ice, or what I would consider polar ice. You know, as I said, you look down from an airliner plane, and it's like, whoa, look at Greenland and Hudson Bay and all these crazy places. No, no, Lake Erie, <laughs> because Lake Erie was all this crack It was. It was basically all these chunks of ice that were at least like 50 feet wide each. And then they were broken and kind of ajar. And then the next one next to it was broken. It looked like shattered glass as far as you could see, except 50 foot wide chunks of ice. That's where those people live. That's where a lot of Americans live, in the Northeast, and the Great Lakes and all that. My grandfather, who came from Denmark to Minnesota with all the other Scandinavians, said it's colder here then back home, and then he got a job at Hagstrom's Creamery in Oakland, California. That's why we brought him out here. But when I saw that weather, I'm like, okay, I don't think it's going to be a scoring bonanza. <laughs> in fact, there was only one touchdown in the entire game. And the Raiders got it. And the Raiders won. And you know what? That's an AFC victory for them. That's not just a victory. That is a conference victory. And all that stuff matters when you talk about a wild card. And the Browns have played one more game and have won one more game, four and three versus five and three, but the Raiders have a tie break over them. Did something occur? That's the one and only time they are going to meet this year. We'll get more into scores as the show goes on. Coming up next, we are going to talk to a man who has a very interesting, uh, contest slash giveaway thingy dingy. I think that's the, uh, the official term for it is, uh, Dingy dingy. We'll do that next. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Bylan
11: Es wird nie was anderes geben. Diesem Land habe ich treue geschworen, bin geboren in der Falls. Ich liebe dich nun mal jeden Berg.
5: If your home service business is not at the top
7: of Google Maps, winningreviews.com is here to help. You need to be careful when working on your Google My Business profile, which is what shows up on Google Maps. One mistake, and you'll be on page two. Winningreviews.com offers a workshop to teach you how to get to the top of Google Maps. Don't let your competition have that top spot. Check out winningreviews.com and get to the top of Google Maps. Go to winningreviews.com. That's winningreviews.com.
5: welcome back to sports view today's topic who deserves to win big this season my two cents good drivers i mean that's why there's snapshot from progressive let's go to rick for some confusing metaphors look if you put a classically trained cellist in a garage band and you tell him to play for layman young i guarantee you the meat on that burrito ain't gonna light the candle thanks for clarifying rick
6: If you're a good driver, there's no
0: other way to say it. You deserve discounts with Snapshot. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents.
7: Well, I might as well tell you now. You lot may all be internationals and have won all the domestic honors there are to win under Don Revy. But as far as I'm concerned, the first thing you can do for me is to chuck all your medals and all your caps and all your pots and all your pans into the biggest flipping dustbin you can find because you've never won any of them fairly. You've done it all by blummin cheating!
10: Rick Tittle was selected at random from the phone book to host this show.
3: All right. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the globe on American forces. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show Stephen Taylor, CMO of Accor. Talk about ALL, which is Accor Live Limitless. And uh, they are going to be uh, having five Paris Saint-Germain jerseys uh, that were just worn their victory in Istanbul a couple of days ago against Başakşehir, Sehir. And uh, this is going to be available on the second-hand flash and pl- fashion platform, uh, uh, Vestia Collective. And we're talking about Neymar, Mbappe, Angel de Maria, Marquinhos, and Kim Depe. Stephen, thanks a lot. When, when did this all come together, the idea for this?
12: Oh, it came. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. First of all, I mean, uh, yeah, the, the loyalty program all launched in January. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we have brands. I don't know whether you, your, your listeners will know Accor very well, but the, the loyalty program all uh, represents hotel brands like Fairmont, like SLS, um, you know, Duano, Mondrian, 21C. So it's pretty premium, pretty aspirational. So we we came up with a sponsorship with PSG to to really try and drive awareness through the players um, and the club. And it's amazing. The social media following that these players have is incredible. I don't know if you know how many Instagram followers Neymar has as an example, but uh, uh, it's 140 million. Uh, So someone like Mbappe has uh, 40 million followers uh, worldwide. So amazing reach. Um, and, uh, yeah, we partnered with them to, to launch the loyalty program. And uh, we came up with this idea to work with the Vestiaire Collective, which is uh, the largest secondhand fashion website uh, on the planet. And, uh, yeah, I mean, as of uh, a few days ago, we launched a campaign whereby yeah, um, if you register and download the app on Vestiaire Collective, and you can still do it, um, you can uh, you can basically win a second-hand jersey from the likes of Neymar, Mbappe, Angel de Maria, Marquinhos, or Kumbente, um and uh, and to get the shirt that they actually played in Istanbul in the Champions League uh, um, game just a couple of days ago.
3: It's amazing to me what PSG has been able to do in the short time of its existence, because you can pick any of the great European teams and they have their roots basically going back to the 1800s or at least about 100 years ago and when I was a little kid if you talked about Paris uh, soccer you would talk about racing club Paris Saint-Germain didn't even exist until 1970 and yet about 10 years in they started winning and now as I was just listing I mean a lot of the world stars this is the team to go to and one of the top 10 teams now in all of Europe, it's pretty amazing when you think about their roots are basically just a 50-year-old club.
12: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, from from what uh, I've seen of the research, it's the fastest-growing uh, sports brand on the planet, uh, and a lot of that has been driven by you know, the the acquisitions of of players like Neymar and Mbappe. Um, but I think what's re- been really smart is that they they haven't they've, they they moved beyond just being a traditional football club, and they really are positioning themselves as a lifestyle brand. And uh, you know their partnership with uh, with Jordan, um, of which you know these these shirts are are co-designed with uh, with Nike, obviously, and uh, and the Jordan brand is a great example of how you know PSG is more than just a soccer club; they're actually a lifestyle brand. Uh, and they connect with uh, with people, you know, way beyond your traditional soccer fan, around passions like, you know, fashion, uh, as an example. And that's why we thought the the contest with Vestiar Collective was uh, was such a good fit. Um, so no, it's uh, it's an incredible club, uh, incredible growth, and as I said, the social media presence of these players. Um, it's not something that we really. Truly appreciated when we signed the deal, but I mean the 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 reach that players like Neymar and Bappi have in in the 21st century way go, goes way above and beyond what the club is able to deliver through traditional you know um, exposure such as TV or or the LED screens at the on the match.
3: Couple more questions for Stephen Taylor with Accor. Um, the uh, the Parc de France, I mean, just the the atmosphere you talk about. Um, you know, especially the uh, Champions League, and they've got yeah. um, another game coming up here on Wednesday. They're going to play Red Bull Leipzig, which is uh, a yeah. you know, good up-and-coming uh, team as well. But uh, just the the overall experience of, of going to the Parc de Princes there in the 16th arrondissement. You get off the metro at the Porte de Saint-Cloud. I mean, it just has such a romance to it. I guess anything in Paris does, right?
12: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yes, uh, the, the experience at Parc de France is, is, uh, is remarkable. And, uh, and yeah, that's, it's part of the, the, the reason that we partnered with PSG, right? It is not just about, you know, putting a, a logo uh, on a shirt, but it's ultimately all of the different value that, uh, that they can deliver, not just to the brand, but to our members and to our guests so we've had uh, you know the incredible opportunity to every single week invite our uh, our most loyal customers our guests some of their friends and family you know we've been able to put some of our members children onto the pitch you know and and, uh, and you know go onto the pitch with uh, with the players and, and stand next to Neymar and have their photos taken so you know, it's 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 really goes way above and beyond the exposure we're able to deliver once in a lifetime experiences to our guests uh, as well as to their family, which we think uh, makes this uh, sponsorship so uh, so ideal.
3: And I also thought it was interesting that game they played in, in in Istanbul on Wednesday, because the day before the game, you had President Erdogan reacting to President Macron, who. Hmm. as President Moncrone talked about fighting Islamist separatism and then Erdogan said, let's boycott all French goods. And, oh, here's Paris Saint-Germain walking into town. So you think about <laughs> the head coach, Thomas Tuchel, um, I think everybody handled it pretty well. Yeah.
12: I mean, thankfully, you know, politics and, and soccer, um, has, has, uh, remained relatively separate in, in that instance. And, uh, no, the, the, the team, uh, the team, uh, performed well. So, uh, no, it's uh, the Champions League has been very kind to us. Uh, you know the, the the Champions League run. Uh, so PSG was was in the Champions League final, obviously uh, last season, and uh, and that that was an incredible platform for uh, for Accor for all as well as our the hotel brands that we represent. So no, it's uh, Champions Leagues worked well for us so
5: far.
3: Yep. PSG lost this year. My team, Tottenham Hotspur lost last year except psg is back in it this year my team is in the well, europa league but i digress well, tell us a little bit more about Spur- uh well, spurs, Vestier- well, spurs
12: are, yeah spurs are second this year I, I think they're uh not to digress too much but i think they're a good bet for the the premier league this season actually i uh i, I say that as an arsenal fan so it actually hurts but uh no i, I think that uh it's it's uh they've got a good team but uh in term in terms of the, the Vestiaire Collective, I mean it's the uh, it's the the, the largest uh, fashion uh, secondhand fashion platform uh, that there is. And uh, as I said, the, if you go to VestiaireCollective.com, you'll see, um, of course, the the sponsor the sponsorship, the campaign in action. And uh, I would recommend that your that your listeners sign up, and and they could you know get an incredible shirt as well as an experience in one of the Accor hotels. Um, but uh, as I said, it's, it's intentional for us to partner with, uh, with, uh, a fashion brand, if you like a fashion platform, um, because of the premium brands that, uh, that Accor now has, um, in its, uh, in the organization, in its portfolio, you know, we have incredible brands like Fairmont and Raffles and, uh, 21C and, and SLS, as I said, so, uh, you know, we we try and connect with consumers way beyond just a a normal hotel, and and connect with them around passions like like fashion uh, or football. Uh, so that so Vestiar Collective is a good uh, a good platform for that uh, that connection.
3: Just as an aside, as an Arsenal man, um, I went to the old <laughs> White Hart Lane many many times, and I got to go to the new one uh, last year, and of course Highbury, um, such a fixture mm-hmm. with the clock and the bricks and now it's the emirates obviously we can't stay a stick in the mud we have to progress the teams make a lot more money now with their new beautiful Mm -hmm. stadia but how much do you miss the old days of highbury and and the lane there in north london no it's uh
12: you know i i I do think that in particular when you know the atmosphere can be flat right and and i think the the new stadium cake you know the pricing as well, does cater to uh, a different type of fan, um, and some of the, the, let's say, the more passionate, hardcore fans, the the fans who have been uh, fans for life, um, have been you know, to a degree priced out of uh, of some of the the new stadiums. So, and I think that's reflective of the uh, the atmosphere that you 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 have experienced, and uh, you know, thankfully, I think I've been. Fortunate enough to to go to uh, to to the Emirates when uh, when there's been you know, big teams playing and the the atmosphere has been uh, been great. But uh, um, no, I, I I think football's evolving and uh, and as you say, it's a massive industry. Um, so I think it's a challenge to try and maintain the atmosphere that uh, that everybody um, loves while you uh, you of course elevate the uh, and premiumize the experience of the stadiums.
3: Last question for you. Let's say you're you're walking down the street in Islington, and on one side is Ian Wright, and the other side is Thierry Henry. Who do you walk over to? Nah, well,
12: Thierry Henry, like uh, like like, uh, I'm sure many fans um, is 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 one reason that uh, that uh, I, uh, I I fell in love with Arsenal. So uh, now I have to say Thierry Henry. I think he's probably. The 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 finest striker that's uh, that's ever played in the Premier League. So uh, Ian Wright is incredible in his own uh, own uh, own way, but uh, I think Thierry Henry is uh, is a different level.
3: All right, I want to remind everybody on on uh, Twitter at all, also at PSG, and then the hashtag is the secondhand New Jersey. The hand New Jersey, not the state, but the kit. We've been speaking with <laughs> Chief Marketing Officer of our Corps, Stephen Taylor. Stephen, thanks for your time, man. We appreciate it, and um, hopefully we'll catch up again.
12: Yeah, it's a pleasure. Take
3: care. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Byline.
6: everybody, it's that time again.
7: This is a potter's field. When people can't pay for their funerals, they are buried here. It is a lonely, desolate place, littered with unmarked headstones. No one visits, no one leaves flowers. But it doesn't have to be that way. For as low as $1 a day, you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses.
1: Again, that's 800-516-2499. Paid for by Final Expense Direct. We are the Debt Destroyer Network. Any debt you have, credit card, tax, student loan debt. Call now for free information that helps you destroy your debt. It's great advice.
7: 800-439-7851, 800-439-7851, 800-439-7851, 800-439-7851.
3: You spent over a decade in the Middle East, and I just wanted to say that I'm a great fan of your work. Well, thank you I, very I, much. Don't that. interrupt me, please. Thank you. What
6: did I do?
13: You must be crazy. Use a DOG. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
3: This is what had happened. Oh, no. Coming up in the next hour, Bill Lester, NASCAR pioneer, first ever African American NASCAR star drivers. Um,. Emails here, rick at sportsbyline.com. Our friend Chrissy has chimed in. Rick, do you hate talking to Arsenal fans? LOL. No, I have no problem talking to an Arsenal fan. And he had an accent. I don't know where he was from, but he's not English. And he fell in love with Arsenal with Thierry Henry, which means he's a somewhat recent fan. In other words, the last 20 years, um, which helped. But it's funny how, like, Americans, if I'm on a plane and a guy's like, I'm from Cincinnati, and I'd be like, oh, are you a Bengals fan? He'd be like, yeah, I go, I'm the Raider fan. Oh, okay. And we really wouldn't care. But in England, it doesn't even have to be a rival, and people will hate on you. It's just they're incapable of any banter when it comes to that. I remember even here I saw a guy in in a Safeway or something years ago wearing Blackburn sweats. I go, oh, hey, Blackburn Rovers, Ewood Park. He goes, are you a Blackburn fan? I go, no, Tottenham. And he's like, Ugh, uh, they don't even play real football. Uh, uh. I'm like, what? We're ahead of you. And there was another guy who came up to me. And he goes, let's hope Tottenham get relegated. <laughs> but So I got enough of that for years and years. And one time I was at Disneyland. This whole family was wearing Newcastle kit. And we're standing in line for the Matterhorn next to each other. I go, hey, to an army. They're like, oh, yeah, uh, I go, I'm a Tottenham fan. The guy goes, well, then you don't like football, do you? And I unleashed. I go, what? You guys have not won a trophy for 50 years. You're nothing. And he goes, you know, you're right. <laughs> Why do we have to be enemies? Just relax. Let's just talk some suck. All right, we got another two hours. Come on back on Sports Violent.
9: SA Radio News with Lance Pride.
11: Tedros gabray Ayos, the Director General of the World Health Organization, says that he is self-quarantining after someone he was in contact with tested positive for COVID-19. In a tweet Sunday, he added that he was symptom-free and feeling well. I am well and without symptoms, but will self-quarantine over the coming days in line with WHO protocols and work for home, Tedros said. Friendly's Restaurants files for Chapter 11 bankruptcy relief and has agreed to sell most of its restaurants to a Connecticut-based firm, the Amici Partners Group. At its peak, there were more than 700 Friendly's locations. Friendly's CEO, George Michel, said that while his company had worked hard to update itself, the ongoing pandemic added a new layer to the challenge. Unfortunately, like many restaurant businesses, our progress was suddenly interrupted by the catastrophic impact of COVID-19, Michel said. You're listening to USA Radio News.
2: Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time.
12: The product that you have given me here is, as far as I'm concerned, sent to me from heaven. I love it a great deal. It's hard to find anything that's real nowadays. I enjoy it immensely. It's making my life so much better. I feel so much better. And During this pandemic, I have no worries whatsoever. My immune system has got to be at a top-notch level. I don't seem to get colds or anything. I don't know what getting sick is anymore. This is so
2: cool. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA.
11: The governor of Texas is calling for National Guard support following the election. USA Radio News Valdior explains.
14: Governor Greg Abbott confirms the Texas National Guard will be used to protect cities if there are violent protests following the election. Troops have been sent to several cities this weekend to stage. While speaking in Houston, the governor refused to get into specifics, though he did say decisions about when and where troops would be sent will be made on an as-needed basis. This historically red state is considered purple, with Democrats looking to turn Texas blue. From the Texas USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Val Dior.
11: When NASA astronauts and Russian cosmonauts entered the International Space Station for the first time on November 2, 2000, they became the first of many to shack up in the orbiting laboratory 227 miles above Earth. Scientific research and a proving ground for future space exploration for 20 years now. USA Radio News. Can the major influx of people leaving California and moving to Texas make a difference in the way the Lone Star State votes? USA Radio News Val Dior has some answers.
14: The streets of Texas provide no answers as to how this election will turn out. In the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you do see more signs supporting Biden than those for Trump. Traveling south to the Houston area last week, different result. This historically red state has been hit by a massive influx of out-of-state residents. Californians moving here to escape housing costs and taxes, they can't afford there. Will that blue wave be enough to wash away the red? Well, the president said Friday he's not worried. Many Republicans here say they are. From the Texas USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Val Dior.
11: It's that time of year again. No, not Thanksgiving, not Christmas, not New Year's Eve. The McRib is coming back. USA Radio News Dan Rocky serves the details.
0: This time you won't need a website or an app to find the normally rare menu item. McDonald's is bringing back its popular McRib sandwich nationwide on December 2nd. It's the first time the sandwich has had a large rollout since 2012, despite making yearly appearances since then. The McRib had always been a limited-time release, then only sent to certain markets. The concoction of pork, pickles, onions, and barbecue sauce has been a popular pick for McDonald's diners since it first appeared on menus in 1982. From the Ohio Valley USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Dan
11: Naraki. For USA Radio News, I'm Lance Pry.
3: Thank you for that, and anyway, welcome back to The Shizzle. Uh, we are here for you to talk sports. This is what's all about. It's uh, letting everybody know what's going on in your sports world. So uh, we're almost at the uh, halfway point of the season, and uh, that's the NFL season. And uh, is your team done? There are a couple teams that are done. And one of them is done and dusted, by the New York Jets. <laughs> and uh, you know, I always laugh at these postseason season percentages that they like, vary throughout the game sometime. Their percentages was this, now it's this. That's what I see. I Pittsburgh is 7-0 and their postseason percentage of making it to the playoffs, 99.9%. That's it. Telling me there's a chance. And the New York Jets at 0-8. Mr. Blitarski, 0. 0.0. They can't make it at 8-8. They are officially saying that there's no chance. Literally no chance. All right, I think we all knew that. Change it. Yeah. If you look around and you look at the Niners who are in last place at 4-4, four and four, they have a thirty-one point seven percent chance of making the playoffs. Crazy year. Of course, in the NFC East. 3-4-1 Eagles. 72.8% chance. <laughs> which all comes winning that division. 3-4 and 1. I just love the fact that the Red the Redskins, the Washington football team at 2-5.
16: You're racist,
3: Rick! No, I forgot after fifty-five years. Uh, so racist. The two and five Washington football team half game out. Two and five. In fact, their at the winning division fifteen point six, Lloyd Christmas. Crazy year, how's your team doing? We'll talk about it. I'm Rick Tittle, we'll take a quick break and come on
11: back on SportsPla. Hey travelers.
16: That's 855-325-1780. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5560 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5560.
1: Enjoy! 800 880 7167. 800 880 7167. That's 800 880 7167. Paid for by Airtime Media.
8: Hour
3: two of Titillating Sports. You thought it couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. Check me out, yo. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. What is going on? We're here to talk to support. How, <clears throat> how does your team do? Uh, I mentioned the and and uh, their victory 16-6. to 6, That was the game I was watching. And for Cleveland, that's really an egg laying. But that's the thing is that Cleveland going to Cleveland. You know what I mean? It's, you've got a situation where the Raiders are coming in and you know, they weren't feeling really great about themselves. And, and the Raiders didn't play particularly well um, outside of the fact is that they ran the ball. And the Cleveland Browns are are a team that run the ball well with Chubb. But I thought with Kareem Hunt, he'd have 150 yards rushing because the Raiders have the worst run defense in the NFL. And what the Raiders did yesterday was that they kind of stole that running game away and forced Baker Mayfield to throw. And it was so windy and crazy. The Raiders actually got to a point where they went for it on fourth down on like their own 14-yard line because they didn't risk kicking another field goal basically a frisbee the first one daniel carlson kicked it was a frisbee and it went sideways and hit the upright one there was a, the kicking in the other way was a little bit better but the person who i think really laid an egg yesterday because they have players they have miles garrett and olivier vernon and all these other guys the defensive kit defensive coordinator joe woods could not figure how to stop them but I'm being a little tough on Joe Woods because the Raiders had two thirds of the possession, but in the end you could still say, Hey, I'm the defensive coordinator and my charges, we held the opposition to 16 points. And if my defense only gives up 16 points, I'll take that forever in perpetuity. I will. It was the offense that couldn't get anything going. And McField was off a little bit. He had, uh, you know, Joku dropped one. There was another time uh, there was a, a fumble after a catch. There was another. <laughs> I mean, it was just the, the tackling was the t- deplorable. I didn't think their play calling was that good. I wouldn't blame the weather. I wouldn't blame the rest. Cleveland earned that loss. <clears throat> it just was It was not good Let's just say that. Uh, we also had a very bizarre fight. Uh, as well, uh, in the Bears-Saints game. It was one of the most innocuous, seemingly out-of-nowhere type of thing that had NFL players around the league tweeting, i got to know what happened there. What's going on? And that is the Bears receiver, Javon Wims, uh, after a play where he went out for a pass. The guy was guarding him. The ball didn't come to him. Then he walked over to the Saints safety, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson tapped him on the shoulder and then hauled off and punched him in the face mask. And Gardner Johnson didn't even move. He's like, what? Then he punched him in the face mask again. And there was kind of a little fight. And then, uh, he got kicked out. It, uh, whims, but most people found a lot of humor, uh, in this, but the stupidity of whims, not only will sucker punching opponent start a brawl and hurt your team for 15 yards it'll get you a suspension from the league, which means you will lose paychecks, plural, and it also is not great for your job security. That, in other words, they will cut you, and not a lot of other teams might not be interested in you. Oh, and punching a guy wearing a helmet, you can break your hand. I have, I have no idea, but somebody updated the, his Wikipedia page right after the game this is Javon Wims, born September eleventh, nineteen ninety-four, as an American football wide receiver for the Chicago Bears of the National Football League, anthetically NFL. He played college football at Georgia. He made his professional boxing debut against the New Orleans Saints. I have no idea what on earth was going on there. If you do, I would uh I would love to know <laughs> what that was all about. And in the end, <clears throat> um, if you think about how it all uh, ended, uh, you know, New Orleans 26, 23 over Chicago. And, and uh, this was one I got right. Uh, and Nick Foles is under a lot of scrutiny, but I think he deserves some credit for getting that game to overtime in the first place. Cause he had a 15 yard touchdown pass to Anthony Miller on a third and 18 that set up Cairo Santos to tie the game that 51 yard field goal to force OT and the Bears were down 10 points in the fourth quarter Foles came back was great on a touchdown drive six of six for 55 Chicago's defense is good but I mean Foles has been inconsistent the running game is not good even with David Montgomery getting 89 yards on 21 carries it's just Chicago Needs foals to improve. But New Orleans, with that swarming Bears defense, and and Drew Brees really kept the Saints in control until the end there, which they won anyway, but he just did not turn the ball over and just rely on Alvin Kamara, who is still making a case for Offensive Player of the Year. What a weapon. And this is why someone, I don't know, was somebody asked me, would I give up a first-round pick for Kamara, and I said, yes, 163 yards from scrimmage. And the 20-yard run in overtime that set up Will Lutz's chip shot that won the game. So Kamara, in seven games from scrimmage, 1,038 yards. He is the only NFL player with 1,000 yards from scrimmage. And Cameron Jordan, former Cal Bear, took advantage of that Bobby Massey injury on the offensive line. It was just in Nick Foles' face throughout the second half, and we're able to get that ball back for the winning drive in OT. But I mean, the saints, you wouldn't say, Oh, they're a contender, but they keep winning, which means they're going to be around in January. It's just the way that's, that's going to look. But, you know, it's funny. The, the vagaries of uh, being fickle when it comes to a QB and, you know, these guys just solid as a rock, the drew breeze and the, And even now on a new team, how well Tom Brady's playing and Aaron Rodgers still getting it done. But, you know, Nick Foles bounces around, journeyman, hero with Philadelphia. Here's a lot of money. Come down to Jacksonville. I mean, go to Chicago. No, I'll take Chicago. You know, we don't want Mitchell Trubisky anymore. Now we want this guy. The most fickle sport I've ever seen, and it's not even close, is soccer. You'll buy striker after waiting six months and he'll have two bad games and they're like yeah i don't really want to play him anymore <laughs> I'm like what You just bought this guy like just my own team like tottenham buys gets this guy jedson from benfica they run him out there for two games nah how about this guy steven bergwein they got him from holland two games Yeah, he looks kind of slow and it's just millions and millions of dollars just piling up Eh, i changed my mind quarterback-wise, you know, the Bears thought, oh, this guy falls, you know, he's now moving the offense, and now what do they do? You know, it's just, it, it's, it, when you find that, that's the thing about people, when I say about Derek Carr, Derek Carr is not an NFL MVP. But after decades of schmucks, I don't have to worry about who the quarterback is. Doesn't mean I have to bow down either. But I don't have to worry about it. If he's healthy, he's the guy. End of conversation. Now let's move on to other positions. That's a huge luxury to have. And there are so many teams that would like to have just a guy who's as quote-unquote average as Derek Carr. He's above average. He's not going to the – well, he has gone to Pro Bowls. So I don't know if he's going to – but uh, anyway, there's the Bears looking in the mirror again. Now what do we do at QB? All right. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports Island.
1: That's
4: 800-403-5912. Now you see that evil will always triumph because good is dumb.
2: Rick Tittle always goes commando.
3: I go commando. That's what I do. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. You know, we got Bill Lester coming up in the next segment. What do you think of that? NASCAR legend. Taking a look back at some of the other games. Denver with a, who would have thunk it, very exciting win over the Chargers, 31-30, this AFC West division rivalry. But when you lead a game by 21 points with six and a half minutes left in the third and you lose, your teacher, if she had a report card or he would probably give you an F for that. And the Chargers have had some ugly meltdowns this year, but this one tops them all. Completely in control of this game at mile high. Completely in control. And the Chargers defense then got on the bus, I guess. Because Denver put together four touchdown drives of at least 75 yards each. Before those scoring drives, the Broncos did not have a single possession that went for more than 19 yards. But, Justin Herbert also threw two interceptions that led to 10 Denver points also. And the Chargers now have lost three games this year when they've had a lead of at least 16 points, Broncos, Saints, and Bucks. But a thing, Drew Locke versus Justin Herbert, two young franchise quarterbacks that these teams hope they have, both first-round picks and... I mean, seven le- minutes left to play in the third. The Broncos were down 24 to three. They were done. That little Philip Lindsay, undrafted at a Colorado, 55-yard TD run. It looks like Dallas Braden and Billy Barty put together. And then Drew Locke took over. He was unstoppable in the fourth quarter. 150 yards, three touchdown passes. And in the first three quarters, most first three quarters, he looked horrible. 13 to 25 for 98 yards and a pick, which just made that comeback look more improbable. But that's the thing, you ha- you play to win the game, but you not only have to, you don't have to play, you don't got to play, but you got to, to play. Another very exciting game, <clears throat> and this one went into uh, OT. Uh, is that Pittsburgh beat Baltimore in Baltimore, 28-24 and I think we all I don't know about you but I always kind of think yeah Pittsburgh will win and they'll win and they'll win and then they'll get to the playoffs and they'll either you know they'll probably be a wild card and then they'll they'll win a game and then they'll lose Pittsburgh now I need to take much more seriously much more they scored 14 points off of two Lamar Jackson interceptions they sacked him four times this was a complete team effort the Steelers started to get that passing game going in the second half. Juju Smith-Schuster, seven catches. And the Pittsburgh defense, which allowed Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins to rush for almost 200 yards in the first half, really shut them down in the second half. A couple of huge critical stops in the fourth quarter to preserve the win as well. But, I mean, the Ravens. If you, there are lies, there are damn lies, and then there are statistics. Do you want to see what they outgained them? If you go by yards, the Steelers had 221 offensive yards in that game. Or Yards of offense. The Ravens more than doubled it. 457 yards. But that turnover battle was 4-1. to one. So I 3 for the Steelers. And then the defense for Baltimore, three crucial penalties. Count them, three on Pittsburgh's final scoring drive. And that Raven defense allowed the Steelers to score touchdowns in all three of their possessions inside the 20, or as Madison Avenue would say, the red zone. And you could say, well, I mean, Baltimore didn't have Mark Ingram and Ronnie Stanley, Tyre Phillips. Their offensive line was banged up. They didn't have Matt Judon, a defensive end. Well, Judon was thrown out of the game because he bumped into official. That's his own damn fault. The thing about Ronnie Stanley, he's probably out the rest of the year with an ankle. But as I mentioned, though J.K. Dobbins, the Rook, seven and a half yards of carry, 113 yards, which is a good sign. But they said Pittsburgh is now officially the real deal. Did we say that about Buffalo? <clears throat> well. Buffalo got the win over New England 24-21 in upstate New York. You could say they let an inferior Patri- Patriots team hang around to the final seconds when they really didn't have any business doing so. But look, a win is a win. It's a national football league. The, the Patriots' struggles, or I should say the Bills' struggle against the run continue, though. New England rushed for 188 yards for a team as a team and two touchdowns. Josh Allen only threw the ball 18 times. Completed eleven, you know, and this was the New England second secondary without Stefan Gilmore. But after getting the opening touchdown, Allen the offense, punt, punt, interception. But here's the thing, at the end of the game, with New England working their way down the field, deep in Buffalo territory, field goal would send it to O T, touchdown would win it. Cam Newton coughs up the ball. We don't even get overtime. Well, that even six, even three on that play. Holy Toledo. But the Patriots, for a team that didn't have the look of having really any interest in the game, they were just a few yards away from winning it. <laughs> and that was, as I mentioned, without some key pieces on both sides of the ball. But they hung around until the clock hit 31 seconds left and Cam Newton fumbled the ball. But you know, say, well, the second half really seemed to unlock something for that offense because the Patriots scored 15 points pretty quickly. But, you know, look, the New England Patriots have lost four games in a row. Four games in a row. Does anyone feel sorry for them? Bueller? Bueller? No. Nobody feels sorry for them. I think they get probably the most hate of all in their home state. But, um, I'll talk about Miami in a second, but look at the division now. New England, but two and five. Uh, if you want to know the sport line projection of playoffs, 10% even. But it's better than the Jets. But think about it. I mean, New England was two and one. They crushed the Raiders. <clears throat> Raiders looked Ridiculous against them. That Burkhead guy, who looks like he he would park your car, was running up and down like he was Walter Payton. Well, that since that game, they've lost four games in a row. Did you think, oh, Cam Newton, New England, two and one? Bill Belichick, he knows what he's doing. That that defense will be going. No. No, not anymore. And the thing is that the the Patriots haven't been getting blown out, but it doesn't matter on the road. They're 0-3. They, they, they can't get it done. All they can hope for uh, at this point is something miraculous, and that's not really a, a game plan. But you talk about point difference, you know, um, and, you know, they're a negative 31. You look at last place teams, Cincinnati's a minus uh, 20. The Chargers are a minus 6. Minnesota's a minus 31. Atlanta's a minus 15. The Niners are a plus 35 (laughs) for a last place team. But, you know, and I'll get back to the Jets here in the third hour. But the Jets a minus 144 points. The Jets have played eight games and they don't have 100 points yet. They have 94. They're the only team in the NFL that has not gotten to 100 points yet. The next lowest, I believe, let's see, uh, the New York Giants in the same stadium, 122. It's just, you know, a couple years ago when the Giants and the A's were both in last place, I said the Bay Area was MLB's toilet because it was. Both teams sucked. There's no doubt what the toilet bowl all the NFL is and it's in New Jersey because (laughs) those teams (laughs) with the Hugh Jackson like line at this point they are uh, what 1-14 and if you are a fan of uh, the New York football giants or the J-E-T Jets 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 uh, you're not having a good time of it uh, so far and this whole thing about it's a long way to go no we're just about halfway here just about halfway we're, we're driving from san francisco to new york and we're just about in topeka kansas at this point so it's kind of too late to turn around and go back you left the hot plate on you have to go to the bathroom stop it at a texaco those bathrooms are so clean all right when we come back we will have the one and only bill Lester with us i'm rick tittle come on back on sports violent
4: javier's auto body is colliding with a shortage of licensed techs That
7: 2017 is waiting on a clear coat that 09 needs its left rear sanded pounded and painted and the guy over there is waiting on an
4: estimate it's time to hire i need indeed indeed you do the moment you sponsor a job on indeed you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database indeed delivers two and a half times more hires than the other branded job sites combined according to breezy hr 2019 visit indeed.com credit and get a 75 dollars credit for your first job post terms and conditions apply
6: Enjoy!
10: Rick Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
3: Thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Well, uh, I sit about uh, in my house here, quarantining, doing the show, and I'm about 10 minutes from the Cal campus, and uh, joining us on the line right now is a, a Cal alum it is Bill Lester, of course, the uh, iconic NASCAR racer. And that's the thing that I think is really interesting about your background, Bill, is the fact that you know, you're, it's not something that uh, you grew up racing your whole life and, and, and you, you know, you, your grandfather and your dad, you were always on the track. I mean, you, you were uh, a computer science guy. You go to Cal. You worked for HP for a long time. And it just ate at you. You you had to follow your passion. Was that it?
15: Yeah, that's exactly it, Rick. I mean, I think you know my story as well as I do. But no, <laughs> believe me, if I grew up uh, racing, I probably would have never been a Cal Berkeley Golden Bear. But um, I had to go through the more traditional way of making my dream come true, which was by getting a good education and using that springboard to live my dream. I mean, when I was eight years old, just shy of eight years old, my father took me to a race because he knew that I loved cars and I loved racing and that kind of set the hook. He took me to a race in Monterey at Laguna Seca and I just loved it. But, you know, I wasn't born in racing. My parents didn't have any real appreciation for racing. They just wanted to expose me to it. And that was a beautiful thing because I knew that once I got a taste of it by seeing it, it's something I wanted to do with my life.
3: You know, it's funny. The other day I had a filmmaker on, um, uh, African American, and he was doing a hockey documentary, and and I said, I remember because you know I'm from Richmond, and I grew up, and and a lot of my friends who are black saying, no, 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 that's not what we do. We don't play hockey. And and he said, to this filmmaker that uh, he hates it when black people say, no, that's not what we do, which is dumb because we can do anything. So how, how many people, when you, because you're only a couple years older than me, it's crazy that to think that. It's almost like a Jackie Robinson thing, but how many people told you, no, 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 that's for white guys. What are you doing, Bill?
15: (laughs) Well, they kind of thought I was crazy, that's for sure, because I was successful by everybody's definition but my own. You know, a lot of people define success as how much money you make or, you know, how much responsibility do you hold or whatever. You know, I mean, I had a great career at Hewlett Packard and. You know, I had the six-figure income and I was managing, at, you know, one point up to a couple dozen engineers, but I just wasn't happy. So I didn't consider myself successful. You know, for me, um, success is happiness and doing what it is you want to do with your life. And um, a lot of folks said, wait a minute, you're going to leave this successful career to do something where you're not sure you're going to make it. And I said, yeah, you know, I believe in myself. My wife believed in me. And we took a chance. We took a flyer. And I went on leave of absence for a short period of time with Hewlett Packard after a 15-year career there. And then I started gaining some traction by applying myself, you know, just wholeheartedly into the pursuit of racing and um, established some great relationships and connections, which opened some doors. And lo and behold, I was able to, after six months uh, on leave of absence, tell HP, well, you know, thanks for the memories. I'm going to pursue this racing full time. And That was at the young, tender age of 37 years old. (laughs) So (laughs) folks said, wait a minute, you're going to do that at that age? You're going to get out of your comfort zone. I said, absolutely. You know, and that's one of the themes of my book is getting out of your comfort zone. But no question. I didn't want to live a life of, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda. You know, I felt that I was blessed with a gift of, you know, car control and just being fearless at high speed. And I had to see it through. And so I consider that I was, like, gainfully unemployed for about three years because from 37 to 40, I was just pursuing, you know, this dream of mine to turn this hobby into a profession, you know, knocking on every door I could and meeting everybody I could, just the networking aspect of people, you know, that might be able to help me and assist me in reaching this dream of racing. And lo and behold, at 40, I became a full-time professional race car driver starting in the NASCAR truck series. So. It's probably a story kind of like you were saying where it's probably not going to really be done again. I kind of think I broke the mold in terms of just becoming a professional athlete at 40 years of age. But, yeah, you know, when you say, like, hockey something that we don't do or racing something we don't do, no, there's no truth to that. We just haven't really had the opportunity. It's exposure and opportunity that leads to, you know, change. And my father exposed me to racing at a very young age of 8 years old. And while I didn't really get the opportunities that – a lot of my counterparts got in racing, you know, born with a go-kart to race or born with, you know, some sort of vehicle or training that can allow them to pursue racing. I had to do it, you know, the hard way. I had to basically live a different career, a high-tech career, so that I could finally do what it is I wanted to do with my life. And so I'm very fortunate. I'm very blessed that I was able to do it. I didn't take no for an answer, and um, I got there.
3: Yes, and that book is called Winning in Reverse. Defying Odds and Achieving Dreams, the Bill Lester story scheduled to come out in February from Pegasus Books. What's it like, Bill, when you put pen to paper and you have to reminisce and go through your own history again and, and you know, talking to your editor? I mean, you. I bet you have
7: to visit
3: some areas you didn't want to revisit. And then also, you might find out something about yourself where you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that.
15: <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about that. It was not an easy and, you know, um, straightforward process for me. It didn't happen overnight. It was a long, arduous process in terms of, like you said, um, recalling all those memories and, you know, all the people that helped me and, you know, the naysayers that doubted me, remembering some of those painful, you know, memories, that sort of thing. And, you know, but by and large, it was just something that I feel very proud of myself It's a motivational memoir. It's not really, quote-unquote, my life story. It's not an autobiography. It's just really um, what it took for me to realize and live my dream. You know, I don't go through all sorts of, you know, everything that happened in my life, but everything that was germane to my being able to become a professional race car driver, I had to basically go back and, you know, recall it. Um, All the things that I saw, the sights, the smell, the feel, you know, good things, bad things. So, yeah, it was uh, definitely a, a labor of love, but I'm glad I got it out there because I think it's going to help a lot of people. I think that, you know, people that um, are afraid to do something different with their life, even late in life, you know, they, people become comfortable and they become risk-averse. You know, I basically just took that and threw it to the side. You know, I said, yeah, at 37 years of age, I'm going to just completely change my life. And with the belief I had in myself and the passion that I had, I realized that um, it was up to me to make it happen and to apply myself, making, you know, persistence and perseverance and discipline, all those sorts of things that are necessary to do things that are significant. You know, I I basically recall these things and I, I identify like eight specific keys that allowed me to realize my dreams and talk about them virtually in every chapter and how it was I was able to, you know, make my dreams a reality. So, Yeah, there's a lot of lessons that um, I learned that I believe will be helpful to people that, um, you know, hey, don't take no for an answer. People that might have been discouraged, you can overcome these sorts of things. You're never too old to change, to to do something that you might have thought you might, you know, never been able to aspire to do. Um, All those things I think I capture in these pages, and, you know, I hope it resonates with the reader and motivates them to do something that, uh, you know, they might not necessarily thought they could do before.
3: Well, and also you think about how poignant this year has been in so many ways. Uh, and then you take NASCAR with the, the President of the United States against the removal of the Confederate flag, which is odd. Uh, a guy who Demanded an apology from Bubba Wallace when they think the mini hangman's noose wasn't intended for him, and Bubba Wallace wearing the BLM shirts. And as I said, the the, the president going after him. I mean, it's uh, it's a fractious time, but it's also hopefully a time. And I hope on Wednesday morning we can all start being Americans again and stop being so separate. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough right now, isn't it?
15: Yeah, it really is. You know, our country is so divided, and it's sad to see it that way. But I'm hoping that, um, you know, in the next couple of days, there will be change that basically reunites everybody. But there are going to be, there's going to be that faction that's going to, you know, probably not accept change if change is able to occur and I'm fearful as to what may occur as a result of that, because there are some, you know folks out there, there's a faction out there, that um, really um, <laughs> is willing to do some radical things to ensure that things remain status quo. But I'm hopeful and optimistic that, you know, cooler heads will prevail, that common sense will prevail and overcome, and love will, you know, defeat hate. But you're right. I mean, some of the things that, um, you know, Bubba had to go through and deal with were tremendously disappointing. But I'm so glad that, um, NASCAR in particular was willing to listen and, um, realize that if they wanted to be reflective of America and call themselves like America's sport, it has to be, they had to be more reflective of the hue of this country. And by and large, people of color have not felt comfortable going to NASCAR events and the removal of the Confederate flag was a terrific step in the right direction, but there's so much more that has to occur. And so, uh, you know, under the impression that NASCAR is making certain changes and provisions to ensure that that takes place. I don't know exactly what they are, but, you know, they definitely have my support, but, you know, even beyond NASCAR, you know, I hope this country comes together and, you know, again, becomes more compassionate And everybody is, you know, treated with regard to their character as opposed to their color. But we'll see. You know, I don't have a crystal ball. I wish I did. But, I mean, things have got to change. The way that this pandemic has been minimalized by, you know, those that are in the White House is, I think, a travesty. Um, People are dying, and there seems to be very little regard for what has taken place. The science behind what's going on has been negated. Um, And I'm hoping that, you know, again, change will occur. But hopefully, you know, in the next day or so, we'll find out.
3: Definitely going to find out, I think. Uh, Bill Lester has been our guest. The book from Pegasus, due out February 2nd, Winning in Reverse, Defying Odds and Achieving Dreams. The Bill Lester story. Fascinating stuff. Hey, Bill, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Congratulations. Uh, On uh, the book, and uh, let's, let's catch up down the road, man.
15: I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Enjoy hanging out with you.
3: All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports Byline USA.
10: 100% sure Rick Tittle is the father of my child, but I'm 100% sure Rick Tittle is a jackass.
3: You know I uh for years if I wanted to watch Tottenham Hotspur my English soccer club, I had to hope it was the game of the week. Believe it or not, even in the 90s, and this is before the Premier League and even the early days of the Premier League in 92, that they would show one game on TV per week like what do you mean show every game how does that work so then i would get up at 5 30 in the morning to drive an hour and a half to almaden south of san jose to go to britannia arms to hope i'd get there and that it wasn't wrong that it actually was tottenham playing and that was maybe once every five or six weeks and now i just expect to be able to get it and i have these horrible streaming services peacock is the worst Segment is not brought to you by Peacock. Man, does it suck. It sucks and it sucks. But anyway, this was yesterday for me the first time ever that the Raiders were gonna start before Tottenham. <laughs> Tottenham start till eleven fifteen, So I had Tottenham on the big TV and then I had the Raiders on the laptop in front of it. And it turned out to be a pretty good sports day because Both my teams ended up winning that game. And Gareth Bale, seven years in between goals. And um, the situation in in Madrid, I mean, what Gareth Bale meant to that team and four Champions Leagues and uh, the winning goal in one. But, you know, you get a manager that hates you and it can get sour. But thank goodness Gareth Bale is back and got the winning goal and uh but anyway (laughs) it's one of those days where i'm like oh yeah i like sports again but yeah when tottenham loses i hate sports i never want to see sports i don't want to talk about sports sports suck yesterday sports good thanksgiving good fire bad frankenstein all right take a quick break come on back we got a free hour of your calls on the other side